You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. interactive tonight. Is that okay? We're going to activate some faith in this room. We're going to activate the gifts that God has put on the inside of us tonight Um, because we don't come to church to attend. We participate so that we can get in here to be able to go out there and shift a world. And so tonight, I truly believe that we're going to receive a few things from heaven that will help us to be able to minister to the world right around about us. And absolutely, it'll minister to us, but also to allow us to minister to those that surround us. So we're going to have some fun tonight. I'm going to share a story um, out of the Bible, so just stick with me as I read the story. And then um, I'm going to share a few points and a few stories, and then we're going to have everybody stand up, and we're going to open up the altar, and we're going to activate what God has put on the inside of us tonight. We're going to have a good time. Okay, so in the book of Acts, I love it. We are writing that next page. Rudy, that was such a prophetic word. I love it. Acts 3, 1 through 10. And this is where Peter heals uh, a lame beggar. It says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him, from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went through the, through, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in that place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or our own godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he, de- though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong, it is Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. What a passage of scripture. What a passage of scripture. I'm just gonna pull out a few points from this because I think a lot of times we're the very same way. We sit in church and we'll see a healing and we get so surprised. And yet this is the life that we get to live. 
this is what Jesus died for, that we would have his authority, that it's not our own power. We can't make a miracle happen. We can't make a healing happen. We can't heal a human heart. God can. It takes the pressure off of us. It releases us to not put all the pressure on us, to not say all the different words. And I love it because it's so simple. You saw in this passage, Peter simply said, walk. We think we need like the seven steps to walking. We need the, that's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? Seven steps to walking. I just realized I said, we should laugh. It's funny. Anyways, like we don't need sometimes to go away and fast when there's someone standing there in need asking for something. I find it fascinating that this man asked for money. And yet Peter looked at him and said, money and gold, no. What you need, walk, is a healing. Can we see beyond the surface? Can we walk around and when somebody comes to us and they ask us for something, can we look beyond the surface and can we see what they really need through the eyes of Jesus? You're asking me for something, but what you really need is a healed heart. What you really need is to forgive your mom and dad and your back will also be healed. What a, and, and how beautiful that, that this man, this beggar was there day after day watching Who's watching us? Our coworkers, our family members, strangers, they're watching. And one day they're gonna ask us for something. And on that day, I want us to be ready to minister through Jesus. Can I get an amen? So we're gonna learn how to do that tonight. And before I do, I, um, I got a word. I was um, on a prayer walk this afternoon preparing for this message, and I was just beginning to pray, and a couple came to mind. Monique and Anthony, could you stand up? Monique and Anthony, I didn't want to forget this. Let's stand up. I, I was on a prayer walk, and I was just praying, and um, the, your faces came to mind. And I was like, oh, they're lovely. They're just such great people, and I'm just kind of walking. And then, of course, God's like, yeah, they're lovely and great, but I have a word for them. And so, um, and so I just wanted to share with you what, what God shared with me. And so um, you're two of the most magnificent people. And I felt God say that he brought you out of, and only you two will ever know all the things that Jesus brought you out of. But I felt him say he brought you out of to bring you into. And the into that you're experiencing right now is only the beginning. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You have only tasted. You have no idea the extraordinary future that he's got in store for the both of you. And I felt God say that right now there's some toiling. Right now there's some wells that you are digging. But I, I wanted to, and, and I felt God wanted to encourage you that that's not for nothing, that those wells that you are digging right now or is for a day that later will come. And you will be ready and you will be prepared. And so if you're feeling a little bit of a fight, if you're feeling a little bit of the enemy trying to come in or just, you know, things coming against you, do not worry. Do not fear. Do not let a spirit of fear come in. God is preparing you for every single blessing and promise that he has given to you. And we're going to all get to watch it happen. And we're excited to cheer you on. So I'm just so pumped for you. God, I thank you for this beautiful couple. I thank you, God, for this beautiful couple. I thank you that this is their time for such a time as this, that you would shift their lives, God, so that you would shift a future and a destiny and a legacy, Father. Lord, we thank you for covering and protection over them. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, now we can get back to it. Okay, point number one. 
The title of my message tonight is Just Do It. Just do it. We're going to learn how to just pray. We're going to learn how to minister. We're going to learn how to just do it. Point number one is take a stand for Jesus now. Take a stand for Jesus now. Let's live what we believe now. There's no better time in history than to walk out what we believe now. And I think it's so important. I think there's something to getting our, our, our courage and our confidence in who we are in Jesus. And if you have been saved for one minute or for 100 years, you have a testimony. You have a confidence in Jesus that has begun to transform your life. So you don't need to wait. You don't need to wait to tell other people about Jesus that you found. You don't need to wait to extend a hand and pray. You don't need to wait to encourage we need to stand for Jesus now. And I get it. It can be hard sometimes. And I was remembering eons ago um, when I first came to California. And um, I had gotten my first kind of career job. And I was a recruiter. Some people call it a headhunter. I worked for Fortune 50 companies. And I would take people out of one company and put them in another. It's a whole, it's a whole industry. Um, and so it was the hardest job I ever had in my entire life, still if looking back. And... Um, and I remember I was just getting to know people there. I really felt like I was the only Christian. I didn't see another Christian that worked in that company. And I remember one night we went to a dinner, and we were at this dinner, and everybody's, and I'm just trying to get to know people, and I'm a little bit, you know, nervousy. I don't know everyone really well, and I'm learning sales. I'm learning the craft, so I am, I'm not there yet. And so there's all these big wigs and whatever, and they're all talking. And then randomly the conversation turns, and they start talking about Christians. And I'm like, fascinating. Yes, I am one, you know, and so they're talking about Christians and this, that, and then all of a sudden they start talking about the Holy Ghost Christians and the Spirit-filled Christians, and then they start to make fun of the Spirit-filled Christians and the Holy Ghost Christians, and I was sitting there like, wait a minute, but, that, but that's me. No, it's awesome. I'm thinking on the inside. And my heart's racing, and I know that I need to stand for Jesus. I know that I need to say something, and I let the moment pass me by. And I remember driving home, and I was so disappointed in myself, and I felt so sad. Like, this was my moment to stand for Jesus, and I cowered. I, I didn't say anything, and I remember right then and there, I vowed, Jesus, if you give me another opportunity, I will never do that again. I will stand for you. I love you. I live for you. I never want to let that happen ever again. And God's beautiful. He forgives us. We're human. That's great. That same guy, Peter, that we just heard about, that healed that man that walked, he denied Jesus three times after seeing the miraculous of Jesus. We're human. We can ask for forgiveness and move forward. Well, how beautiful of God I was remembering just a few years after that. I was now at another company. And I was at a company called Paychex, and I was a sales rep, and I was kind of their, like, rookie of the year and, you know, had climbed the ladder. And, and um, we went to this conference, and um, all the bigwigs were there. The owner of Paychex, and it's a nationwide company, it's massive. This is a multi-million dollar industry. Um, he's there. All of his right-hand people are there. And uh, I remember during a break, it was lunchtime, and I'm like, I'm just going to grab some food and slip out into the outside area so as to not rub shoulders with any of these big wigs. And I'm like, let me just fly under the radar as a sales rep in the company. And so I kind of did that. So I went and grabbed food and I sat outside where there was no one and I sat at a table. And next thing you know, this girl walks on over and I'm like, oh great, she's the top salesperson in the country. That's awesome. And so she sits there and then next thing you know, one after one, every top person 
in the company. And then the owner himself sits at my table. I'm like, how? Like I was hiding. And so we're having this conversation, and I'm kind of quiet. And next thing you know, the conversation starts turning to just things about hope and life. And, and uh, it was the time where the secret had come out. And so they're talking about the secret and what's the secret to the universe. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, it's Jesus. And so I'm like, oh. And so they're, t- you know, they're all talking. And then this, the, the, the top sales girl, she's like, oh, I just believe in love. And I have a love candle. And she's talking about this love candle. And um, I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. But I'm just like chuckling to myself. And, um, and then the, the owner of the entire company, he says, um, he's like, yeah, I mean, do you really think, do you think like marriage, do you think it works? Do you think you could like literally be with one person for the rest of your life? Like, I don't know if I can get my head around that. And, and I had kind of known him and some of the other guys in the company, and their reputations were quite interesting. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And then um, and, and, and I'm starting to feel my heart race. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> here it is, my moment. <laughs> and the owner of the company looks straight at me, and he says, what do you think about all this? So I said, I said, well, I said, yeah, I, I do have a couple thoughts. I said, you know, um, I do believe that um, marriage between one man and one woman is possible. But the only reason I believe that is because I believe the Bible. I believe that the Bible is the true word of God. I believe in Jesus Christ and only through him can we have the life that you guys are talking about. I think that in our own humanness, we cannot, and we see it all over the place. But I do believe that a supernatural power, Jesus, could help us to live a life like that. And he looked at me, and he got a big smile on his face, and I could tell everyone's nervous. <laughs> and he said, hmm, I don't know if, I can, if I'm fully there, but I like what you're talking about. And you obviously believe it. Thank you for your honesty. And I felt like, yes, more than yes for them. I was like, Jesus. (laughs) Because when you honor God, there's nothing like it. There's one thing to please humans, but to please your Savior. You live in a whole different realm. And I was so happy in in that moment. And I feel like tonight, I wanted to inspire people to live by our convictions. Do we believe what we believe? And if we do then it should show. Don't dance around the issues. When someone asks the question, don't don't have to give all the flowery answers. Just say the truth in love. The problem with our world right now is everybody's talking about love without the truth. And that's where it gets real messy because no real change can happen. But when we speak the truth in love and from a place of love, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong even if they don't agree. You were kind. You were nice when you shared the truths of your Savior. And, and if people receive or don't receive, that's not on you. What's on you is to stand for Jesus. So point number one, we stand for Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. The message version says, do not be embarrassed by the message of Jesus. This is a time in history 
to not stand back, but to stand up and to speak the Word of God and the truths of God with our convictions to stand for what we believe in. Are you with me? Okay. Point number two, pray now. One of my biggest pet peeves, if I can share that, is when people, you know, like something happens and there's the beautiful Christian that says, oh my gosh, I'll pray for you. And then I'm like, but are you? Will you? And I kind of need it now. And I I was convicted about this myself because I began to realize if you tell people that you're going to pray for them and you forget and you don't, that's a lie. And now you've got to deal with deceit that's hindering prayers. I know it's harsh. It's okay. I'm throwing myself under the bus. I've done this. It's okay. We're going to get through it. You know, and so if that's happened, you know, we, we ask for forgiveness. But I just began to realize, hey, instead of finding myself in that place, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you, and I try to remember, or I write it down, and then you've got the list the size of a small country. Um, I started just to pray for people now. And so when someone says, can you pray for me? I'll say, absolutely, can I pray for you now? And I'll right then and there, right on the spot, begin to pray for whatever it is they ask for. Or if it's over a text or it's a voice message, I voice memo. Some of you have received them in this room. I have voice memoed prayers. I will text a prayer. If they're asking me to pray, I want to pray right then so I don't forget, so I don't say I'm going to pray, and then I don't. Also, I don't want to wait for a miracle. I want it now. If we're going to pray and we pray now, something can happen now. And think of like Pharaoh and, you know, all the plagues and the, the, the frogs and the, like, who wants to live another day with frogs? Like, Pharaoh, what in the world made an entire nation, oh, we'll, we'll do that tomorrow. I don't want to live with whatever I'm dealing with till tomorrow. I want to get rid of it now. I want to be healed now. I need the comfort of God now. So when we go to pray for people, let's remember Absolutely, and I'm not saying to not have a prayer list in a time where you pray and you begin to pray for others. Absolutely. But all I'm saying is let's take hold of the moments because some moments can pass us by. And that beggar, that was his moment. I find it interesting because, you know, Peter and John were going to church. They were on their way to church. And on their way to church, on their way to pray, on their way to receive... A person needed a healing. And I love that Peter and John stopped. And they took, not seven hours, they didn't miss church. says they went to church with him. Good on ya. Got him healed and got him into the house of God, right? Like that. Very quickly. Okay, yeah, you don't just need money. You need to walk. I'm going to pray for you right now. And get up and walk. Now come with us, walking into the temple, walking into the house of God. That's the kind of praying we need to do. I remember not that long ago, I was, um, uh, I, I used to, living downtown, would do a lot of harbor walks, and I would walk um, at night, and I would just pray, and I, oftentimes I would pray in tongues, and praying in tongues is praying in a prayer language, a language that you don't understand, but is the language that God gives you. And I think he, he does that on purpose because when you bypass our natural mind and you pray from spirit to spirit, not knowing what you are saying, but definitely your spirit does, it's amazing because you don't pray with unbelief. You don't pray with doubt. You don't pray with these things that could hinder 
the miraculous. Instead, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in a language not known to you but known to God, miracles begin to pop out just like that because we don't hinder the perfection of Jesus that's ministering through us. And so one night I'm on the harbor and I'm praying and I'm walking and I'm praying and I've got my little earphones in and I'm just, but I'm praying out loud. I don't care who's walking around. So I'm praying out loud and I prayed all the way down the harbor and I'm coming back and I was with a friend of mine. We were both praying and we come back and all of a sudden I hear, which is kind of funny because I had the, you know, worship music going, but I, I hear somebody and I see them waving at me and I see kind of a disheveled couple and I'm like, oh, this could go bad or good. <laughs> and so, um, I'm like, but I felt to go over, and so I took my earphones out and just went over. I said, yes, can I help you? And he said, the man looked straight at me, and he said, were you praying? And I said, yes, I was praying. He said, were you praying to Jesus? And I said, yes, I was praying to Jesus. He's like, I knew it. And I go, why? And he goes, because I felt power. He said, I need what you have. We're messed up. We got all kinds of things going on in our life, and we need what you were praying for. I didn't know what I was praying for. I was praying in tongues, but a man on the side of the street needed power to shift and change his life. He needed what I had, and what I had was the Holy Spirit. So I looked straight into his eyes, and I said, absolutely. Right then and there, that couple rededicated their lives to Christ. They had gone to church as children. They had let go. They had walked away, and they were living a very rough life. But that day, they rededicated their lives to Christ. As I prayed for them, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in tongues. They got their own prayer language right there on the harbor. And then we began to break off generational strongholds of poverty so that they could break out of what they had been in. And tears were pouring out of their eyes because Jesus is real. They need what we have. We have the Holy Spirit. We need to be inconvenienced every once in a while. We're on our way to church. We're on our walk. We're at our job. And you get a little tug. You get a person that says, hey, I have a question. Can we take the moment? Because that moment might not come again. I thank God that he's given us a prayer language and also praying in English, both of those things, or in Spanish, Gloria a Dios, Aleluya. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> I love it. The Bible says in Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying. Speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of the Spirit that builds us up. And I love that. That's why we need it so much is because it builds us up so that when we get those moments to pray, we have wisdom. We have confidence. We're ready to minister because we've been built up by Jesus himself. Romans 8, 26 or 27 says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Anybody been there? I don't even know what to pray, how to pray. Exactly. But the spirit himself no better person than Jesus himself. But the Spirit himself intercedes through us with wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. When we pray, and when we specifically pray in a language not known to us but known to God, we are praying and the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will with no distractions 
the perfect will of God over our lives. And then we wonder, how did that happen? How did that happen? How did that check? How did that thing turn around? How did that family member come to the Lord? We've been praying the perfect will of the Savior. Pray now. Point number three, minister now. And if the worship team could come up. Minister now. Here's what I found being a Christian for a long time. I meet a lot of people and I see a lot of people come into church or different places and they get saved and they get on fire for God and then they tell all their friends about Jesus and a lot of people come to church. And then after that, there's like this pause. And it's all of a sudden you realize the gap, like in your humanity. You're like, oh, I know I'm here and I, I need to get there and I, I want to research the word and I want to know the things of God and I want to move in the miraculous and I, I feel this gap. I'm not there yet. Can I tell you, don't wait. Don't wait till you arrive because we never arrive. That hunger is meant to be there forever, to learn the word of God, to, to, to believe for the miraculous. And I want to encourage us, absolutely we should dive into the word of God. Absolutely we should read the books. Absolutely we should fast and pray. But do not wait to pray for people. Do not wait to minister to those that surround you until you get there. I remember um, when I was working at that company called Paychex. And, um, you know, functioning in the gifts is quite interesting, you know, and there's all these different gifts. You got the gift of faith, you got the gift of wisdom, you got the gift of prophecy and encouragement, you got the gift of healing. There's all these gifts. And we receive all of the gifts through the Holy Spirit. And at different times, God will allow us to use a particular gift. Why is that? Because the person needs it. I've had really messed up theology um, people ask me a lot of questions about, oh, isn't all, you only get one gift? And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Because if you only receive one gift, what happens when a lame man that wants to walk, sorry, got the gift of wisdom, don't know what to tell you. And I had to work it out to get you up on your feet. No, you need the gift of healing in that moment. Or you got the gift of healing and somebody comes to you and their relationship is going to rye and there's so much brokenness. You're like, sorry, <laughs> only physical healings over here. This is what the Bible says. And I'll get back to my story. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 7 through 11. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These gifts are given for the good of everyone, not just for us. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the of the one, all these are the work of the Spirit and the same Spirit. And He distributes to them, to each one, just as He determines. That's what's taken out of context. And He distributes to them, to each one, just as He determines. Not the only one. It doesn't say the only one they get. To each one as He distributes, as it's needed. There's a hurting world out there that needs of all the gifts. And He needs all of us working together for the common good. And so he gives us all these gifts to utilize at different times. And as we begin to gain confidence, as we begin to pray for people, then the confidence gets stronger and stronger. When you pray for someone and they get healed, 
You're going to pray for somebody else. You're like, who else I got? Come on. It builds you up. Your testimony, your faith. When you give a word of wisdom and someone applies it and it changes their life. I've been in back door meetings, in rooms. People share. And God gives me a word. He gives me wisdom. As I'm saying it, I'm listening to myself because I'm listening to Jesus. And I could see Jesus come alive in their eyes. And I can see restoration happening. And I can see how a word begins to shift their heart and their life. And they walk out of that room. And I'll know in my spirit, their life will be changed forever. Praise God. And we don't praise ourselves because we know we couldn't do it. I'm not that good. I'm ridiculous. Oh, how God uses me is hilarious. But he does. He uses all of us in our gifting and our anointing. And can I tell you this? You know, with evangelism and sharing about our story and sharing to others, it's funny how churches has made evangelism just an evangelism course and an evangelism and here's a track and go out there and be someone you're not and let's see how that goes. And I'm not saying that tracks don't work or can't work. God uses everything. He used a donkey to speak. I remind myself of that. I'm like, you used an animal. You can use me. It's going to be fine. But but I just want to help us tonight, okay? God doesn't transgress our personality to minister to another human. He gave us the personality that we have to reach the very people that he puts in our world. Do not be somebody you are not because you won't reach the person that God intended for you to reach. He gave you that personality. He gave you that way to be. But he asks us all to step out. And we can't lean on personality for that. We can't say, well, only the extroverts. No, no, I'm an introvert. I can't, yes, you can. You don't have to transgress you. You don't have to transgress your personality. But God will give you opportunity and you will step up to the plate just like the person that is the extrovert. And he might not put you on a stage in front of the masses, but he might put you in front of the one. What if he put you in front of Billy Graham? What if that one life was a Billy Graham that went off to change the entire world where revival happened across the nations through one man? If I'm, if I'm correct, I believe it was a shoe salesman that led that man to the Lord. We have no idea the people that God puts in our path that will impact others. All we have to do is gain the confidence to say yes, and it is scary, even for an extrovert. I'd put myself in that category. I remember one time I was working for Paychex, and um, I was driving in my car, and much like today, I was just driving and praying. And um, this guy came to mind, and he was a really awesome sales rep. His name was Mark. And he came to mind. I just started praying. And I felt God speak a whole bunch of things about him to me. And then I felt God say, you need to tell him. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but I don't even think Mark is a Christian. Like, I don't even know if he goes to church. How am I meant to tell him? So, of course, the bargaining begins with Jesus, you know, because that's a smart idea. And so I'm like, "Um, okay, Jesus, you know, just so I know that this is you, as if some other human or non-human is talking to me right now, telling me to give a word of the Lord. And so I'm like, okay, you know, if I go to the office today 
And I'm a sales rep, so you're not generally in your office. And neither are most of the sales reps are not in their offices, only when you have to be. And so I'm like, I'm gonna go to the office today. Now only if Mark is there, when I am there, I will know that it's you putting out the fleece, God. And, and I will give him that word. So of course, everything with him is, well, for the love of God, please, Mark, don't be there. Like, what a wonderful Christian, you know? God uses us. <laughs> and sometimes we do it scared, but I'd rather do what's right scared than not do it at all. And I went there and sure enough, as I round the corner, who do I bump into? Oh, hello, Mark. Of all the people in the company. So I begin to chat, chit chat with, with Mark. And um, I'm like, so uh, Mark, yeah, so do you by chance, like, do you go to church at all? I'm just like trying to get my bearings here. And uh, he's like, yeah, no, not really. I mean, I kind of grew up Catholic, but don't really, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Um, well, uh, you know, I was, um, I'm a Christian, and, um, you know, I was praying today in my car as I was coming here. I was praying to Jesus. And um, I felt Jesus um, give me a word for you. And he says to me, <laughs> he's like, you talk to Jesus? <laughs> this is a true story, you guys. I'm like, yes. I do. He goes, and Jesus talked to you about me? I said, yep. It's like, all right, what do you have to say? And I said, well, Mark, I felt God say that you've been questioning. What's the point of money? What's the point of it all? that you began to just wonder and wanna know like you're making all this wealth, but what's the point of it all? What's it for? And I felt like God wanted to share with you that, that it's for Him, it's for His kingdom. There are good things to be done on this earth. It's not just for our own selves and it's great that we can have a lot of finance, but there's a hurting world out there. And through Jesus, that's what wealth is for. And He looks at me and He says, Stacy. Just this morning, I woke up and I said, Jesus, if you're real, what's the point of money anyway? Yeah. God's good. <laughs> Takes faith. I, I don't know who was more excited. <laughs> Him or me. It's for us. We're going to get a hold of the Word of God. We're going to stand for Jesus now. We're going to pray now. We're going to minister now. We are going to just do it. Can I get everybody to stand on their feet right now? Tonight, we are going to activate every good gift from heaven above that He has given us tonight. We are not going to walk out of here the way we walked in, and we walked in good. Y'all are lovely people. But I really felt like tonight was a night of transfer. It was a, it was a night of activating. Do you know what 
The Bible says, 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We quote that verse a lot, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. But the verse before it is telling us to stir up our gifts. The verse before it is saying, stir up the gifts inside of you because there will come a day. There will come a moment when you cannot let the spirit of fear steal a miracle for another person. There's going to come a day when somebody stands in front of you and they need the word of God that's in you to break open in them. There's going to come a day for you to share your faith. And on that day, we want to make sure that we have stirred the gifts of the Spirit in us so that on that day we can confidently look a person in the eye and say, yes, I will pray with you. Yes, I will believe with you. Yes, let's stand on a miracle. You ask yourself, well, what if it doesn't happen? But what if it does? I would rather, what if it does? I'd rather pay, pray 10 times and see nine miracles. I didn't see one. Okay, I don't get it, I understand. On to the next. Don't get defeated. I prayed for someone, we're, we're gonna close. I, I pray, I just wanna encourage us. I pray for someone and I, and they, I remember they had this um, skin disease and it was like a form of leprosy, so it's serious. And her husband was a doctor and he was so distraught. He's like, I'm a doctor. Like I was built to help people and I can't heal my wife. And I remember I was with my dad and the two of us, we just looked at them straight in the eye. We said, well, let's pray for a healing. You, you, you have healed people through medicine. Now it's time to heal through the word of God. You can do both. Stand with us. Let's all of us pray for your wife. The three of us stood, began to pray over his wife. I felt the presence of Jesus come into that room. I felt the presence of God upon her. Now, right there in that moment, I didn't see a physical healing. And I was a little bit upset, like, oh, hello, good time to show up here. But he did. And I felt his presence. So I knew something had happened. And my dad was a little bit more seasoned than I was. And so he said, you're going to see this healing. We're going to keep praying. We're going to see this through. You're going to see this healing. We're going to keep praying. The next day, we receive a call from the husband. And he said, you are never going to believe this. My wife woke up in the, at three o'clock in the morning and her entire body felt like it was on fire. She had to throw water on her face. And as she did, the skin disease disappeared. She got new skin that night. She was made whole that night. Your prayers, his prayers, our prayers to Jesus who heals it works. Healing is real. Don't just look at what's in front of you. When you believe and you know there was a transaction, you stand on it until you see that miracle happen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.